I'm Afshin Ratansi, and welcome back to Going Underground, broadcasting all around the world from Dubai in the UAE. Do you remember the famous words of the late US President Ronald Reagan? Nuclear war cannot be won and must never be fought. Well, four decades on from that address, US President Joe Biden this week declared the threat of tactical nuclear weapons use is real, stopping short of saying the end of the world is imminent. And just as Russian nuclear weapons were being delivered in Belarus, a former advisor in President Putin's administration made global headlines on the war in Europe after calling for nuclear strikes in order to save humanity. Professor Sergei Karaganov, honorary chairman of the Presidium of Russia's Council for Foreign and Defense Policy, was that advisor. And he joins me now exclusively from Moscow for an exclusive interview. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Professor Karagano, for uh, coming on the show. More than the Belarus uh, delivery of Russian tactical nuclear weapons, your article in Russia and Global Affairs created headlines, as I said. Seymour Hirsch uh, devoted a substack to it. Uh, he runs that column where he exposed the Nord Stream attack by the Biden administration. Just briefly uh, summarize for our audience what you actually said about the need to attack, uh, use nuclear weapons to attack uh, European cities to end this war and perhaps to save more people than they would kill yeah uh, actually i didn't call for a uh, use of nuclear weapons of course i mean i said that uh, unfortunately for all kind of reasons uh, uh, the, uh, we are living through a period of strategic presentism 75 years of peace i mean let people forget about the horrors of war and uh, nuclear deterrence is uh, stopping uh, to work. Uh, think unthinkable is happening. Um, the West have uh, is waging a full-scale war uh, on the borders, including uh, of the great superpower. That was unthinkable. Uh, and also taking into consideration where the West is going and it is, we see the degradation, moral, political, economic degradation and degradation of the elites. Now, I, I come to a conclusion that uh, uh, the more we stay, the more imminent a global nuclear war becomes. So uh, my advice uh, to, those, uh, to all those people thinking about the issue uh, is uh, to persuade the West to stop uh, this war in Ukraine, a retreat, and then to deal with their own matters instead of pumping up animosity and war. Uh, I'm not calling for a use of nuclear weapons. I have been telling uh, our people and uh, uh, my wider audiences that we should uh, start to climb the ladder of nuclear deterrence and escalation. And only if the West doesn't succumb or doesn't come to its senses, the West meaning mostly the United States, because Europeans do not matter at this juncture. Now, only if they do not succumb and come to their senses, the nuclear weapons could be used. But that is... You did, you did say, but you did say that Russia should strike nuclear, using nuclear weapons in a number of countries in Europe. And I should just uh, take issue with the peace that you speak of of 75 years. Most of the Global South audience listening in on this will not think peace. Uh, I mentioned Reagan earlier. They know Central America, the dirty wars of the United States. And of course, you know, the US is still in Syria. Um, there hasn't been peace for 70 years. Just explain uh, what the Council for Foreign and Defense Policy is. I think people wrongly say that you were an advisor to Putin. Uh, just explain the influence uh, 
this article has in Russian policy thinking today? Because sometimes people just say, oh, you're right there with Vladimir Putin and you're advocating tactical nuclear weapon use on European countries and it's all about to happen next week. No, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not a formal advisor of anybody and I have never been in that. Uh, in, in government, Council on Foreign Defense Policy is the oldest public organization in Russia. Um, uh, 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 it is 32 years old, uh, and all the surviving organization from that time. It is uh, uh, a group of uh, entrepreneurs, journalists, thinkers, uh, businessmen um, uh, who believe that they are responsible uh, for the future of our country and uh, that they should. Uh, help it to devise its strategic course. And we have done that many times during our long history. Uh, we also run uh, many uh, situation analysis for the government and uh, uh, for the public and, and uh, special research trying to influence uh, the public opinion. But we are non-governmental, though uh, our, some of our members, they, which are not responsible for the writings of other members or uh, for the reports of the uh, of the council, are uh, highest officials in our country, like Sergei Lavrov or, um, and many others. Uh, but it is not uh, a government organization, and I am not a formal advisor. I'm I'll, I'll get on... I think we've established that. I mean, I'll get on to some of your critics in, in Russia, but do you think that you're uniquely able to understand the stakes of this war in Europe because at once you were a, a member of the US uh, CIA Trilateral Commission, as it were, founded famously by uh, Rockefeller with Zbigniew Brzezinski, Alan Greenspan, uh, Kissinger being a member, Eric Schmidt of Google, Sir Keir Starmer, the British Labour leader. You think you were once on that side, now you're a, a full-on Russian patriot disappointed by uh, the end of that global order. That's why you can understand what you understand and can write an article like this? Um, I was uh, always on the side of Russia. Uh, 30, 20 years, uh, 30 years ago, I believed uh, that uh, we could integrate with the West, not into the West. And uh, that would have been, by the way, uh, uh, I think uh, uh, a movement which would have saved uh, the West, though it would have, uh, have to change itself if we would have been a member of that community. But it didn't happen for kind of reasons we all know. Uh, the West decided to push uh, Russia away. Uh, so, of course, uh, I participated in all these institutions and commissions, and they enriched me profoundly. I understand probably uh, the Western thinking better than anybody in Russia or and many in the West, too. I mean, it is take something to unite Alexander Dugin, whose daughter was assassinated by uh, NATO-backed forces, in a sense, uh, of all, all kinds, to say people like Karaganov are curious, one day glorifying uh, with the West and the next uh, extreme Russian patriots. And, uh, of course, uh, the Biden uh, National Security Council spokesperson said uh, to the Murdoch Times that uh, it's reckless and irresponsible what you said. Your article. Uh, I, I, I invited uh, friendly and an unfriendly fire, fire, uh, because I believed uh, it is my professional, uh, human, and uh, uh, and patriotic task uh, to do that. Because uh, the issue 
uh, is really the life of death of civilization and of course of Russia. Uh, if we do not act now, uh, of course, hopefully avoiding the use of nuclear weapons, uh, but persuading uh, the irresponsible uh, West with leaders who are degrading uh, to stop and to retreat, uh, then the World War Three, the last war in the history of humanity, now would happen. And it is on the horizon and getting closer and closer. That is why I decided uh, to write this article and uh, to put my thoughts, which I have been um, circulating around in Moscow for quite some time. Many colleagues are, do, do, do agree uh, with my thoughts. Some disagree. Some agree, but disagree publicly. How many would you favor killing using those tactical nuclear strikes to avert the mass killing of a full-fledged, fully-fledged uh, uh, global nuclear war? Uh, as I've said, I mean, the decision to use nuclear weapons is a terrible moral uh, challenge, terrible moral decision. Morally, it will hurt us or whomever who could use it. Uh, and uh, But... Sometimes you have to choose. Uh, uh, the famous Dostoevsky dictum, uh, would you save the child uh, to, or sacrifice the child to save humanity? Uh, it is a philosophical, uh, terrible choice. Uh, but I decided uh, to become unpopular uh, taking the choice of saving the humanity. Is there a class analysis one can do that the rich in Moscow feel things are going terribly and the war has been a, a, a well, it's exposed a terrible situation, the Minsk Accords being a lie, all those years of uh, negotiations being wasted, while the vast majority of Russia, the middle classes, the lower middle classes, the working classes, feel you know what? Finally, Russia's on the map as a great country again. Not a week goes by, I have to say, on this program that we show Russia is forging alliances with Latin America, Africa, Southeast Asia, and that, in fact, the war signifies a new world order, the decline of Western Europe, perhaps for uh, centuries, who knows, and certainly uh, the decline of the United States as a hegemon. Um, uh, yes, um, uh, Russia... Uh, um was chosen by history or the almighty, whoever you call uh, it, uh, to become uh, the, uh, if not the savior yet, uh, but then the liberator uh, of the so-called third world. We call it now global majority. Uh, some call it the global south uh, from the Western yoke. We undermined uh, the, and we are undermining uh, the, uh, military superiority which uh, Europe then the West gained around five centuries ago. That military superiority was the foundation uh, of the whole system of colonialism and neocolonialism uh, which uh, uh, gave the West the possibility to Im impose its political, uh, economic interests, culture and uh, above all to suck a world GNP in its favor. That is finished because Russia decided to fight. 
Yeah, I mean, clearly many uh, Russians uh, opposed to uh, Vladimir Putin's political party said this was happening and should have happened uh, a long time ago. Uh, what did you uh, think of the former Duba deputy Elena Panina, the Institute International uh, Political and Economic Strategy, saying your suggestion of using a nuclear tactical nuclear weapon on European cities was as helpful as a guillotine for a headache? And... Uh, all those neutral or sympathetic around the world will turn their backs. The US and NATO are pumping equipment and ammunition into Europe. They are increasing their involvement. They desperately need a move by Russia to isolate it on the world stage because clearly Russia is not isolated. And then an attack directly on you, saying like an Easter egg, basically, your article, your article comes along. Uh, is it a coincidence well, or part well, of a pattern? Uh, Yes, I have noticed that official or semi-official uh, circles in uh, Western, especially Anglo-Saxon, Anglo-Saxon capitals, are saying, "I mean, no, 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 they wouldn't use nuclear weapons because uh, they are parasiting on our unwillingness uh, to use force, as uh, they were parasiting on our uh, um, uh, patience uh, for so many years." I think that uh, we were wrong. We have been wrong. For many years by not stopping NATO expansion because it led to war. And I have been telling for 25 years, some others too, that if it is not stopped, it will lead to war. Now I'm saying that if Western defensive expansionism and aggression uh, is not stopped, that would lead to World War III. I was right on the first uh, on my first prediction, as well as my many others. And I, ho I hope that uh, my voice, how well weak it is, will help us all to avoid uh, first a nuclear war in Europe. A big war is already happening. And second, the worst, and that is the uh, World War Three, uh, nuclear world war, which will be end the humanity and leave, I mean, the remnants of it on the radioactive active ruins. Uh, that is a real possibility. Professor Sergei Karaganov, I'll stop you there. More from, uh, more from the honorary chairman of the Presidium of Russia's Council on Foreign and Defence Policy after this break. Welcome back to Going Underground. I'm still here with Professor Sergei Karaganov, Honorary Chairman of the Presidium of Russia's Council on Foreign and Defence Policy and author of A Difficult but Necessary Decision. So, uh, Professor Karaganov, um, surely uh, the, one of the questions that comes out of your article is which European countries would you advise using tactical nuclear weapons on? Because I had heard some people saying a non-conventional attack on, say, the Ministry of Defense in London, which is clearly uh, sending soldiers, as far as we know, to the conflict zone, let alone the uh, British weaponry uh, being poured into Ukraine. A non-conventional attack, maybe that's feasible. You're arguing for a, uh, a tactical nuclear strike. Which countries? Uh, it is the first of all, of course, I wouldn't name, I would not name the countries, uh, though they are absolutely obvious. Uh, these are the countries which play a crucial role in uh, supporting uh, this Landsnacht, a uh, mercenary, uh, uh, Kievan uh, junta. junta. Uh, first, uh, they are obvious. Uh, but it is up to the political and military authorities to decide even when. How many would die, by the way? 
as, as to the use of conventional weapons against, uh, this could be one of the letters of escalation towards nuclear weapons. Hopefully, uh, we would avoid even that. Uh, but it could be one of the letters of the escalation. But how many would be killed in a tactical nuclear missile attack? Uh, well, I, uh, it is a terrible, even, it is terrible even to think about that, but a lot. But more, more than who are dying right now, but fewer than who would die after, you're saying? Absolutely. And uh, I hope that, as I've said, that it will not, if we really put this issue on the table, uh, the West, uh, which is uh, losing all, uh, all strategic thinking it has it had accumulated over centuries would back off because they are running amok. Uh, they're desperate, irresponsible, and the political leadership over most of the Western countries have been degrading for several decades. And you think NATO Article 5 is a sham? The US would not come to the rescue of the European countries that were hit? I, I, I'm, a history, I'm a historian of uh, nuclear strategy. And I know that after that, after Soviet Union uh, got uh, um, reliable cap capabilities to strike back, United States never seriously uh, thought about attacking uh, Soviet Union in retaliation, for example, for for Soviet attack uh, on Europe. They were playing with the the game of using tactical nuclear weapons on the territory of Western Europe. And uh, when uh, chancellors Kohl and Schmidt and others participated in such exercises, uh, they went, uh, they ran, they virtually ran out of uh, the bunkers, not to be responsible even for an exercise like that. And, uh, but I am pretty sure that uh, American president or an American president, if he decides to use nuclear weapons against Russia in quote unquote defense of Europe, that would that means that he's a madman or he hates the United States. Uh, I hope that times would not come when such an amendment uh, will be installed in the White House. But we see that over years, the degradation of the level of the American elite, including those in the White House, is very obvious. And we do not know who will be there five or eight years from now. Well, certainly the uh, United States has lied uh, before clearly, and that's the rationale behind tactical weapons in the first place. But then what do you think of Dmitry Chenin from the Russian International Affairs Council saying that uh, there will be some sort of response, actually, from Washington, a non-atomic type, perhaps, and he says speculating wildly could be sens uh, too wildly could be sensitive to us, but it's likely that with it, Washington would try to pursue a goal similar to ours, paralyzing the Russian leadership's will to continue the war and creating panic in our society. We are playing with fire, and I respect Mr. Chen. He's a he's one of the best or uh, the best thinker here, uh, and of course, uh, and I do not know what uh, the real um, planners uh, in Russian administration and ministers are planning. However, according to my calculations, uh, if if ever it comes to use of uh, um, long, uh, long range uh, conventional weapon or, or God forbid, uh, so called tactical nuclear weapons in Europe, uh, these should be accompanied by uh, a precautionary note that if a response comes in any way, uh, the strike will be doubled. That would finish 
the life in the church. Just remains. remind us about the uh, so-called dead man's switch, because of course uh, the British Foreign Secretary James Cleverly said uh, seemed to justify the attack on the Kremlin with the drone, saying that Ukraine was legitimate, has the legitimate right to defend itself. Of course, I understand there's a dead man's switch of the leadership in Russia be attacked fatally. Just explain to us what that is. We uh, we actually have a multi-layered decision-making uh, machine, uh, which uh, 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 virtually provides a 100% capacity to retaliate. So, I mean, well, the, uh, uh, the words of the British uh, minister uh, just uh, uh, concur with my... Um, uh, statement uh, that we see a terrible degradation of Western political elite. He's an, I, I don't want to name names. Uh, I would be ashamed if a, a minister of my country would have said something like that. I'm saying that because I am not an official. I have to say that we are having Sir Tony Brenton on Monday's program, and he's been saying, the former British ambassador to Russia, and he said, well, the British Foreign Secretary James Cleverly is correct. Under the UN Charter, Ukraine has the right to defend itself beyond its borders. Uh, well, uh, let's put it this way. I mean, uh, Tony Brenton is an uh, experienced diplomat. He knows better. Uh, but, of course, we have the right, and I, I assume uh, that we have uh, sooner or later uh, to use some kind of uh, weapons of longer range weapons if uh, NATO will continue its war against Russia using uh, Ukrainians as a cannon for They're fighting so far uh, to the last Ukrainian, uh, but the Ukrainians are not now largely financed, armed uh, by the West. So the West is simply using Ukraine, um, uh, and it is waging a war on Russia. So sooner or later, uh, it will be punished for that. And I have been um, telling our Western uh, colleagues a decade ago that if ever uh, they would uh, come to closer to the borders of Russia, I did an interview, I think, 12 or something years ago to a Dash Spiegel magazine. Uh, that we would never fight on our own territory. And uh, uh, we're fighting now on the Ukrainian territory, which, of course, breaks my heart because they are um, they're fooled. And, uh, they are uh, uh, they are becoming ultra-nationalists. Many of them are becoming ultra-nationalists and even neo-Nazi, uh, but still they're brotherly people. Uh, but uh, there will be uh, uh, no grief uh, uh, if we strike, uh, when and if we strike, I mean, those countries which are supporting uh, Ukrainians and uh, using them as uh, cannon fodder. Instead of tactical nuclear weapons, though, and people can see our interview with Tony Brenton on Monday, what about the importance of information as a replacement to your tactical nuclear weapon 
strategy? I mean, when you talk about fighting uh, in uh, third countries, I mean, they'd have to fight in Finland now. Now it's joined uh, uh, NATO. Ilya Fabrinikov, uh, who's, I think, a colleague, Council on Foreign and Defence Policy, saying we should not deprive our foreign partners of the privilege of making all the mistakes they're trying to programme us to make. We should be conducting sophisticated, multidimensional, moral, psychological operations, including through the English-language media space. We've got to remember Julian Assange is in prison in Britain. It's illegal. You just said neo-Nazi under uh, British statute to talk about neo-Nazis. Tucker Carlson, the most widely watched cable news uh, presenter, has been uh, sacked from uh, Murdoch's Fox News for uh, talking about uh, the need for peace in Ukraine. Isn't it much more important information, well, it, much more important uh, than tactical uh, nuclear uh, weapons? Uh, and actually, tactical nuclear weapons make people think, look how desperate Russia is. They're talking about this because they're losing on the battlefield. We are winning on the battlefield, of course, and we would have been winning even more if we wouldn't have been saving our our, our men, as well as trying not to, to destroy to destroy homes of Ukrainians. We are not bombing en masse Ukrainian cities, as, for example, the Brits. And the Americans did in Germany when they uh, put, I mean, whole cities like Dresden or Cologne on fire, killing hundreds of thousands. We are not doing that, uh, but we have to fight, and we we can win. But what I am saying in this article, the problem is uh, that even we, if we win militarily. Uh, the West would continue their war, supplying all kind of guerrilla warfare, all kind of, if something left of this, of, uh, of Ukraine, they would uh, make a uh, armed to the teeth bridgehead there. So uh, the aim should be f more than... To end the threat completely. Okay, will, will Putin do it? So do you think Putin will, do you think Putin will do it? will of the West... To, uh, to for aggression all over the world because even uh, they would not break this will now or in the coming years. Uh, I know. Well, you make you make the case clear, but just finally, will Vladimir Putin uh, will will he use tactical nuclear weapons on European countries as per the argument in your article? Oh well, I I hope he wouldn't have to do that. Uh, but uh, and I think that we should do everything, uh, uh, including those things which I uh, have supposed proposed in my article to avoid that. Uh, but I know that it would be a terrible moral choice, and I don't want to be in the president's shoes. Uh, but if this choice comes, I'm in his shoes. Would have done that, but that would be uh, I, I would be finished as a man. Professor Sergey, we'll have we'll have to continue to run, so it will be a terrible choice. I hope that he will not who he will not have to do to make it. Professor Sergey Karaganov, thank you. That's it for the show. We'll be back on Monday with Britain's former ambassador to Russia, Sir Tony Brenton. But until then, you can keep in touch via all our social media if it's not censored in your country and head to our channel, Going Underground TV on Rumble.com, to watch new and old episodes of Going Underground. See you Monday.